Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur's Podcast. I'm Justin Mazzaro. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. For anyone who's out there, you can find us on Instagram at Justin the Food Entrepreneurs. You can also DM us or um, text us on the phone number that's on our Instagram page. You can use WhatsApp. Uh, that works as well if you want to be on the show or you have questions for the show. If you're also a fan or a family member of the guests who are on the show, please like give them a five-star review or whatever highest review you can give them on this podcast episode. It helps their podcast get heard. It obviously helps this podcast, so I say that selfishly. And um, But we're trying to get the word and the impact of this podcast out there and the message that these entrepreneurs are trying to, are trying to spread um, and echo for generations out there to be heard. So that helps that as well. So please continue to share, like, download, subscribe to the podcast, whatever you guys do. Um, that definitely helps. And leave positive reviews, please, because that helps their episodes get noticed. And I will tell you of a recent episode that was released, um, Beyond Gravy, they really did a good job of pushing it, getting their family members to give comments on the episodes and stuff, and it's still spinning. So um, comparatively to the other ones, quite a bit more than the rest in downloads organically. So um, that's pretty impressive. So that's why I say it, it just helps. And it's we all know there's algorithms behind it, so I'm not saying anything any food entrepreneur or person listening to this podcast doesn't know or it can't see as obvious now. So with that being said, I have with us Ryan Mondragon of Sanctuary Pizza Catering Company. How are you doing today, Ryan? I'm doing pretty well, Justin. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Ryan and I have got totally distracted. We basically <laughs> buried most of the time that we were supposed to be recording but we've, I've still got time, and I believe he's still got time, so we're going to give everyone a great podcast here. Um, you're from California. Um, you have a pizza company. Let's talk about your journey, Ryan. Like, how do you end up where you are? Like, where did you start? Like, what were you like as a kid? You know, let's 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 spill the beans. Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I, <clears throat> I was born and raised in a in a little town called Turlock, California, in the Central Valley of California, just between, literally between Yosemite National Park and San Francisco, like right dead in the middle. Um, you know, growing up here, my parents are from, you know, I'm first generation, my parents are from Colombia. So I grew up in a, a, a bilingual household. So speaking English and Spanish and mostly English my whole life. And my parents, you know, they, they just, they worked regular jobs. I didn't have family who or I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs. I just grew up a family of like people who just went to work, traded their their time for money. Um, and I got into entrepreneurship. I mean, I guess you could say I was an entrepreneur in high school, where I was, you know, selling things, uh, you know, trying to hustle here and there. I guess you know that's where it's really started at a young age. Um, you know, because you know, growing up, my family couldn't afford to get us like certain type of shoes or clothing that I desire to want. So, you know, my dad says go work for it. So I had to go figure it out. Yeah. I'm in the same boat there. I mean, we were, my family had was middle-class for sure. Don't get me wrong, but my parents would not give me anything other than the necessities. Like, yep, you need dress shoes for school and you need soccer shoes. We'll help with that. Yeah. Other than that, you want Air Jordans or you want Air Forces or whatever. You're gonna have to figure it out. Yeah, right. And and what a, what a, what a gift at a young age. Like it was very, it, you know. Huge I I gift. look at it now. 
I look at it now as, as I'm an adult. Like back then, I I would like get mad and upset and you know cry over it. And now I look at it as like wow, like that taught me so much that like it's a it's a real life skill that we have as an adult to have. It's one of the best life skills. If you can't make yourself money in a situation or life doesn't kick you down and you can't figure out how to get by or do something for yourself and make a little bit of money or find a job or whatever, I don't know how you get by. So what happens after high school? Uh, right after high school, I, I decided to um, you know, to move to Southern California and, and try the college thing out. Uh, and then I just realized like that's not for me, and I dropped out of you know dropped out of school and went into the workforce. And and I, I start I, actually one of my neighbors who was an entrepreneur at the time he he owned a few like um, flag football leagues, adult flag football leagues in in Southern California. And um, you know he, he approached me and asked me if I wanted to work for him. And I think that was like my first like mentorship into becoming like an entrepreneur or learning the skills to to run your own business because um, it was uh, the company was called Top Gun Flag Football. <laughs> By the time I left, it was the biggest flag football league on the West Coast with over 4,000 teams. You know, he would, he would make us do like cold calls, like go down the list. I mean, it was like the worst thing ever. But also like I learned so much, like sent hours and calling people back and getting rejected and people like, not wanting to, to hear about what we have to offer. And then you get that one. Yes. And which is great, you know, um, you know, and also marketing and doing like grassroots style marketing. Uh, we did a, uh, we, we called it campaigning, marketing campaigning. And we would, what we would do at like, I was like 19, 20 years old. I, what we would do is we would travel throughout Southern California and hit every single freeway exit. And back then it was before iPhones, uh, Google Maps, like we had Thomas guides, like um, like it was, you know, you wanted to get around, you had to like, open up, you had to pull over, open up the Thomas guide and read the map. And we would put flyers on. I remember that there. or like county maps. Yes. Like yes. you couldn't even get a whole state map. Sometimes you had to get a county map. Yes. Yes. You had to get a county map or a city map or something like that. <laughs> it, was, it was, it was definitely, it was, it was rough. It was rough during those days. And we would um, we would do <clears throat> we would post like these big neon flyers, staple them on like on telephone poles, or st- put them on stakes on the side of the freeways, and advertising the the company or you know what you know for the league and stuff. And then I ended up taking that over, and that became my own uh, business at a young age. And that's when I learned. And, and and eventually, people were like other entrepreneurs would see what I was doing, and they would approach me like. And asked me if I do this for a living. Oh, yeah, this is what I do for a living. <clears throat> and then I started getting more business from that. Be like, oh, I can, I can, I can, I can double dip or triple dip on this. I, I, I get paid to do this job. I get paid to do that job. Next thing you know, it became a thing for me for a few years, um, where I did it seasonal, and you know, I made, you know, a good month for me was like ten grand. At Twenty years old, ten grand is a lot of money. <laughs> But, you know, I didn't know how to manage or have the financial literacy to yeah, yeah. in the business at that age. Yeah. Well, one of the things one of the things that I think that happens is um, I know what you mean um, because I had that momentum as well. And when I got the momentum and I finally caught it because I've been hustling at such a young age, like the money piled very quickly a little bit like. 
it wasn't huge amounts of money, right? Like, let's not get this wrong. Like, everyone thinks like yeah. there's suddenly floods of money when you make it. That's not really what happens. No. What really happens as an entrepreneur is you're used to hustling and getting by and compounding your money on the time and skimming by that when 10 grand suddenly comes, it seems like a lot. And most yes. people make 10 grand in a month at a six figure job and it's just another day at the park. But when you're an entrepreneur and you finally make it to that point and you have that entrepreneur spirit, it seems like so much money and you don't know how to manage it the same way because um, at least I find it's an important lesson, but it's even if your parents teach you how to manage money, there's this weird thing that happens as an entrepreneur. Like it's like this trophy and you're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And it's like, and you're like, I made it. The world is my oyster it's going to be endless from here. That's the other part I found. Like I didn't really understand that. Yeah, I made it, but there's like a win is a win today and not tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. And so there were some of those lessons. Like I played sports, so I knew that, but I didn't apply it to business, I guess would be the, the answer there. So you're hustling, you're hustling, you're hustling. You now get this thing where you're triple double dipping. You're making 10 grand a month, which is fucking awesome. And what do you do from there? Um, you know, I, I just, from there, I just, I was kind of like just happy with what I was doing. And, and then I realized it's not sustainable. Like you get to a point where you can't do everything yourself and, um, you get burnt out and I just kind of just gave it up because it was just, it became really labor intensive and it was really hard that the hours are long. And I just realized, like, you know, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. And I can't find anybody to help me do this as well. And and not saving enough money. You know, I was very young, very young and, you know, <clears throat> trying to live and do things that I want. And didn't realize that, you know, you got to put some money to the side and, and grow the business if you wanted it to be something. And I agree with you, actually. I think that's we I don't I don't know how to explain it, but. It's just so many lessons there. So, like you're you're you've got this business. You're you're like I don't want to. I'm not sure I want to do this. But you have a dream. Like your parents obviously instilled in you core values and work ethic. Yes, like we've established yes. that. However, you're at a point where you don't want to work harder. You want to work smarter, and that doesn't mean we didn't learn work ethic from our parents, which is hard work. It's just. I think I like as generations compound into America, like I'm third or second generation, I guess. Yes, second, third, second generation, sorry. And um, I always get confused whether it's the people that arrive are the first ones or the ones born here are the first ones. But if it's the ones that are born here are the first ones, I'm the second generation. And there's a compounding thing that happens where we want, we see our parents, particularly if you're in coming in food or or they've come into the country and they're working hard and they provide us a life where we get to have the better things or almost like a middle-class life along the way. We get values and work ethic, but we learn differently. We don't want to work as hard as you. That doesn't mean we're not willing to work as hard as you and means we don't want to work as hard as you. And that's a weird part because I'm saying the same thing. But my thing is, is I will work harder than my parents as hard but I will not do it in a way that breaks my body down completely. That yes. takes away from my age. That doesn't allow me to stay youthful. And so that's the difference. Okay, I'm willing to work hard. I'm just not willing to work hard. 
right? Yeah. Yeah, and I wouldn't break my back. <laughs> yeah, and like because if you're an entrepreneur, longevity matters, and I've seen so many entrepreneurs like break down or turn into narcissists because they get so tired and lazy in their business, and that's just because you're working too hard on and not working hard enough at the same time. Like you're not working yes. hard enough on the things that matter and you're working too hard on the things that don't. And exactly. I think that's where you're at. And you're just like, you know what? I don't want to work as hard as that. I don't want to break my back every day. I don't care how much money is involved. I need to figure out something else. So what do you do from here? Uh, I just, I, I just started working for other small entrepreneurs and like, like took like management roles, um, got into sales, like working like sales, like for any type of business. I just tried to learn that aspect of the business. So like my whole twenties, my twenties career was, just working in sales, customer service, um, and working for small businesses in any aspect. Like if I would just approach them, like, I, I, I just want to learn and, and whatever you need me to do, I'll do it. You know, but you, you went into this, uh, knowing you were going to have to stack skills. So, I mean, let's talk about this, Ryan, because most people don't do this. Okay. Even though they're like, oh, I'm going to go get my education so I can get my bi biology master's degree so I can become a better scientist. They don't yes. actually realize that that's great. To, you did it in a lump, but you're not actually stacking a skill. Yeah. So you're stacking skills with intent and purpose. Most people don't realize this or they don't go diversify themselves or they're too afraid to because they don't with intent stack skills. Are you intentionally stacking skills? I mean, what's the goal here of attack? Like you're you're talking about you're you're grabbing these skills. Some of it may be at a necessity, but you're gravitating to diversified knowledge. I will call it. Yeah. And are you doing it with intent, and why? You know, my intention was like you know a lot of it. There's always there's that survival aspect, right? Um, and you know, not having a college education, like. The, the opportunities or of certain types of work don't come your way. <clears throat> so uh, I always came from okay. Well, if I can't have these opportunities, I have to I have to create them myself. So I, that there's that aspect, and you know, and the intention was you know okay, I, I, you you provide so much like loyalty and you put in so many time, so much time with someone, you you create there's a leverage there. Like especially as a business owner, like this person sees that loyalty and he sees that, that this person shows up. Like uh, you don't have to be the best, but if you show up on time and you just show up every day and your integrity is there and and your core values are there, like I, I me as an entrepreneur, I see that in people. Like I, I value, I rather, I rather value that than someone that's very skillful. I can teach skill. I can't, you can't teach loyalty and core values. I 100% agree with you. And I think they can be influenced. Um, yeah. I think loyalty can grow in someone. And I think core values can grow in someone. Uh, but I think it takes influence and you have to have the right environment of the right people first of, of those core values. Like you have to find individuals that meet those core values first and build a strong foundation before you can ever bring in any in individual and influence them. And I say that carefully. They've got to show potential to be influenced and to be malleable and to be intelligent, which is the ability to change your own mind by asking questions. And so that's an important piece of what Ryan's talking about here. It's not, it's just like as humans, if we're too robotic, 
you do not belong in an entrepreneurial business, which is a majority of the world, guys. Food, businesses, entrepreneurs are a majority of the world. I don't care if you're in a communist country and you're peddling stuff on the street trying to get by at your market. You're an entrepreneur. You just may not have the resources we have here to blow your market out of the business and become 7-Eleven. That's the difference. And yes. if we can instill these values across the world, that's part of it. And the value that we're talking about are these core values, the entrepreneurial spirit, the, the go the extra mile, the, the integrity to do the right thing, you know, because I have pride and integrity that what I deliver is a representation of me, not just the company I work for. If I trash the delivery because I'm trying to trash the company, people don't realize this. You're really trashing yourself too. And people in the long run will not want to hire you or deal with you. They'll be like, oh my God, she trashed the last company she worked for. Maybe they deserved it. But what if we accidentally deserve it and we don't realize we're making a mistake and then she starts trashing us? We don't have a chance to fix the mistake. Duh. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, um, like that thing. Like we just, we are so reactionary. So I didn't mean to go down um, a tangent or a I'm supposed to say commentary. I didn't mean to go on a commentary, but it's. Um, but I just wanted to touch upon that point. So I think it's important that you're learning such diversified skill sets. So how do you eventually end up in food? Like from here, you're diversifying, you're, you're getting yourself multiple skills. Where do you go from here? You know, um, 2013, I moved back up to Northern California, where I'm from, um, and it, was, it wasn't really a good year for me in my life. Um, so when I moved back home, uh, the, the landscape of the, of the job market was way different than what I'm used to, like in a big city like L.A. or Orange County. <clears throat> so I wasn't in a position where I can, you know, commute every day to, the, to San Francisco or a big city like Sacramento uh and like search for these jobs that that i uh that i can do or that i'm qualified for um so i kind of just settled into working at a restaurant my friend was a chef there and he just asked me if i wanted to work there i'm like you know like i'll consider it at first and um but I never, never in a hundred years i thought i'll be working at a restaurant you know cooking or anything like that i've never done i've never done that ever in my life <clears throat> and um i end up doing it i just say you know what like i'm just gonna do it for the meantime this is gonna be a temporary thing and, well, and it's I, so weird because god closed one door for you or who you know however you want to look at it and a yeah. whole new door opened up which was actually the direction you were supposed to be it's like you had to go through that really hardship time and i just weirdly talked about this actually it's like God works in it looks it feels like a like a lot of little deaths along the way like these painful moments but they create excellence in us and the next version of ourselves you know and I think that that's true what happened you just said you went from a really bad time you moved and you took a restaurant job which anyone in the world knows that who's been through which I have um, recently where I was like between things I'm like I need to work I'm just going to do whatever I can to start rebuilding my life here while I'm rebuilding yeah. companies because I can't just sit around and do nothing I'm going to try getting in the food game and seeing what's going on there right now and yes. um, on purpose with intent to gain a skill like that was my intent that's why I asked it, and I'm still doing it at 43 years old and and in my new Justin 3.0 new entrepreneur version of myself podcaster showbiz whatever it is I'm turning into and all with intent and with purpose and with wanting to be the best at it. And so 
I like this because we have pivoting moments in our lives as entrepreneurs because we are these spiritual warriors because we do live life with passion and connection and purpose. Um, a lot of us, I wouldn't say all of us, but a lot of us, um, this is a pivotal moment for you in your life. Like, how, like, what does it feel to go in and work in a pizza place? I mean, there's got to be a lot of hum- – I'm not pizza. In a food restaurant, pizza's the outcome. Sorry. Yeah. Um, what is the humility and the feeling that you're feeling? Because you're probably making good money down in L.A. also. Like, let's be oh, honest. Yeah, I was making I was making a really good living. And then, you know, um, you know, some, some situations happened to where I lost everything. And it was it was a very it was a very dark part of my life, um, but with but you have to have the darkness to see the light, right? So, um, well, and light yeah. can only shine in darkness. That's the only exactly. way it can shine. That's the weird part about it. Like that's the whole yeah. analogy, guys. Like there has to be darkness yeah. for light to even shine. Like without darkness, there is no light. You know, there is no light exactly. And you know. I, I, I took this job just thinking it was just going to be like a transitional part of my life. Like, okay, like I, I just got to get through this short period of my life where I need to get back on my feet again. And it was, you know, restaurant jobs working on the line. That is one of the hardest jobs in I've, I've ever experienced. And, you know, especially like, in, you know, here in California. I think it's one of the most stressful jobs on the planet also. Like the accuracy and the setup and, oh my God, everything relies on your prep. It's just like, go on though. Sorry to keep interrupting. No, you're you're, you're totally right. You know, and, uh, and it, it, but it it literally taught me so much about myself. And, um, you know, the restaurant I worked at, they had a wood fire pizza oven in the back. (laughs) They, They had a craft beer bar. You know, my first job was working the grill and the fryer and the and the oven, and so it was like I, I was I had a multitask. Like I I asked other chefs like, oh yeah, like usually you just do one job in a restaurant, like that's it. Like they're making me do everything because it was a small business restaurant. So like, you know, your shorthanded staff calls out like, <clears throat> you know, you gotta step up to the plate. Like you know, and that's you know that's as someone who's always worked for myself and worked for other people. Um, I understand, like, I don't know how to work any other way. Like, I was like, okay, well, it's like, it's, they need me. Let me step up to the plate and do the best job I can, you know, and add value. Um, because, you know, that's, that's the right thing to do in my mind. It's just how I think. And, you know, one year turned into, you know, six, seven years at this restaurant from, you know, working the line to running the, the, the pizza station to bartending even like bussing and serving tables, like anything. There were, there were nights where I'll be bartending and they, I, the, one of the servers will come up to me and say, hey, the, the, the kitchen needs help. They need you in the back. And I, I'll just, I told her, all right, hold down the bar. I'll run the back and I'll get their orders in. We'll like knock out all the cooking, get them back to, to where they need to be at. And then I'll run back to the bar and serve drinks all night, you know? Like, I mean, the thing about it is this experience. There's nothing like it in the world. I don't know how to describe it. <clears throat> yeah. And most people are scared of it because they think they're going to fail. Of course, you're going to fail during the process. But there's so many moving pieces. A failure doesn't lead to doom in food. Trust me. No. It, it, you may have to redo it, but it doesn't lead to doom. And, no, it um, doesn't lead to doom, no. And so I love this that you're just like in it and you're like taking ownership and you're you're getting the things done and you're figuring out. So do you find like 
you're finding a new version of yourself, like you said, but what is, what's going on in terms of, you've stayed a long time in this business, so you obviously are liking what's going on. What's that transition like inside of you also as you're describing this? Like, what's changing in you exactly? You know, it, it, there was a lot going on, um, you know, because this, 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 also the, the owner of the restaurant had a, a, the catering company that he started a couple years before I started working for him. So he was just getting that off the ground. So I would do that with them on the side and that actually paid so much better. And the experience was like, Oh wow. Like I realized like I didn't want to be at a restaurant every single day. And you know, like I didn't want to fall into that trap. Like I don't want to be here every single day. <clears throat> but once we started doing catering with them, um, we were traveling, doing weddings and you know, California is a beautiful place. So there's venues. You can be in the mountains and two hours later, you can be by the beach. Like it's, it's, it's insane. So we'd be doing the catering events and then I just, I love the experience of showing up with a wood fire oven, making pizza for people. Everybody's always happy. Like, like nine out of 10 times, like it's like a 99% chance that everybody's going to leave with, with, you know, being full happy. Like this, this is the best pizza ever. Thank you guys for coming out. It was a whole different energy than being at a restaurant where it was like, like a war zone being in the trenches, which I don't mind. Like I, I could be in the trenches, but not forever, you know? <laughs> and, I agree um, with you. At some point, your experience is, is more valued at directing the trenches from being in the yeah. trenches. And that's really true guys. Like at some point, the experience is more valuable outside of the trench. Yes. 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 And so, um, with that being said, like, you know, even during this whole time, as I work, I'm working at the restaurant, like I became a powerlifting coach. I, I, you know, I, I did a yoga certification. I was, became a yoga teacher. I had over 600 hours of yoga training. You know, that's, that took me around the United States for a little bit. Um, but always, you know, at the, with, with doing all those things as well, at the same time, I was always pizza catering. And once, uh, the, you know, my friend owner of the restaurant sold the, the, the family business, he focused 100% on pizza catering because it was already taken off by then. And I told him that exact day, like, uh, you know, Derek, his name's Derek. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to put in my two weeks. I'm going to come help you with your business. Like, I want to be your number two because you're going to need it. And, he, you know, and I, remember, I remember that day, like, he looked at me like I was crazy. Like, like who, who, who says that, you know? And then uh, two weeks later, he, you know, or a month later, he calls me. He's like, "Were you serious about them?" Well, yeah. Like, tomorrow's my last day at the restaurant. Like, like let's 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 you know let's ride, let's go. Like, like I've been waiting for this, you know. And uh, you know, and then you know, you know, four four years, five years already into it. Like, you know, we're 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 just crushing it in pizza catering in California, in the Central Valley, Northern California, Bay Area. <clears throat> you know, we're just doing jobs like, you know, every you know, four jobs in a day or two jobs in a day. It really depends, you know, what the schedule was like during the season. But like it was it was it was a fun time. I learned a lot about pizza catering and also just catering in general. Um <clears throat> but you know, like I wanted more. And when it came down to like twenty twenty, right before the pandemic, like I you know, I, I wanted I sat him down and like, hey like I want to grow this business with you. I want to become even bigger part of what we have now that you have now like like what does that look like for me i'm not asking for ownership or maybe percentages or better pay like but i want more responsibility i want more um 
on my plate so so I can help that with you so you can grow this business. So, you know, I was more coming from an entrepreneur aspect of of his business. Like I wanted to be be like his number two while he took this dream and vision where he wanted to. And then the pandemic happened. You know, everything shut down. I I believe, I I recall he gave back like $60,000 in deposit for 2020. That's just deposits. Like that's not the full amount. And he ended up uh, moving his business to Nashville, Tennessee, where he's actually at right now, crushing it with his uh, with his pizza, brand new pizza truck that he built. That's beautiful. Wait a and, second, uh, he's here in Nashville. He's here in Nashville. Yeah, yeah. It's just so funny that you call him from Nashville. Like that's that's where he's at. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so you're still in California? Your business partners he moved here in Nashville, which I understand why he moved here. Actually, very much so yeah. with a food truck because. Like, Jesus, um, not to say, but like literally God is working here in crazy ways. Like I'll say Jesus in that way, because it's like the amount of food business that's growing here, the amount of growth, the amount of opportunity. And I would say for the most part, it's being done positively, like and the money's being well spent and put back into the things that matter that are building the city and the communities. Of course, there's corruption. Of course, there's whatever seedy stuff. And it is yeah. a, it is a music city. So, and, um, but for the most part, like realistically, it's really the place to be if you're in food and trying to figure out how to start a business. Like I say Denver also, um, just because it's booming there, but I've never quite seen the growth that's happening here in Nashville. So, he he moves here, and so you're still in California. What happens next? Um, you know, obviously it was more. Then it became to like, okay, my back's against the wall, so I'm like, okay, I gotta like, I gotta figure out. What, like, did what he I'm offer to you to go with him to Nashville? Because I'm sort of like, oh, we build this business, and I where you help me and my stuff. Oh, hey Ryan, see, uh, I'm going to Nashville. Yeah, it, it was it was definitely an option, but I didn't you know it wasn't. There was no guarantee, and I didn't know. I had to weigh my options out. Like, do I go back? Do I move to Nashville to be, you know, an hourly employee? Um, you know, possibly, you know, grow with it, or do, you know, do I just leave everything that I have here? You know, my, you know I, I grew up in this town, so like my families are still here. So it was it was a really weird time, you know, because there was so much uncertainty, right? Yeah, of course. <clears throat> and uh, so I just choose to stay because he. He got like he put his house on the market really fast, and it sold like within like a month or less than two weeks, I think. So you know it was still like middle of the pandemic. He was already out in Nashville, like he was already out there. His food truck was getting built here in Sacramento, um, so he was already out there. So I couldn't just make that move without any income, you know, until everything opened up. Um, and so it was it was more, it was more of like a transitional phase for both of us on that, and. Um, and I just started selling pizzas out of my backyard, out of a gas-fired oven called an uni oven. I don't know if you've seen those before. Um, yeah, I know exactly what they are, actually, weirdly. But I, <laughs> I, I bet you're not the only one who did this. But I think you're the probably yeah. one of the only one of the very few who followed it all the way through. But go ahead. I like yeah, this so- because it's very. It's what needed to happen during COVID. Really, this is what needed to happen. That's why so many people did it. Just so we're aware. And you're like. Not the only person that's been on this podcast that started a business this way, but go on because I love it, Ryan. Yeah, so I uh, I was doing um, you know like pop ups 
I was making pizza and make, making like very, very affordable pizza. I wasn't like price gouging anybody. I was just like, hey, no, it's like, you know, you got whatever you got, 10 bucks, eight bucks, I'll make you a pizza. And it became, it became a popular thing. You know, like I would make pizzas once a week or twice a week for people. And then it became like very popular. And and, and I had a, um, a pop-up that, that during the middle of the pandemic that, everybody everybody in the whole town just showed up to my house <laughs> it was like over 100 100 plus people in my backyard you know hanging out I have holy shit in yeah, california was, in, in lockdown california. yeah and i was like i don't know if this, this is supposed to happen but i'm in the middle i'm in the i'm in the weeds i'm like i'm trying to like pump out as many pizzas as i can for this is what i'm talking about though the rebellious entrepreneurial spirit it wasn't actually to be a rebel it was just to provide food because people want food and people were starting for it. And all of a sudden, you are a rebel because you've got like hundreds of people in your house less than six feet apart just like yeah. eating pizza, like uh, probably raging it because they've been strapped down so long. But yes, yes. <clears throat> I love this because I think there's you're not alone. You're not alone in the success that you've seen by pushing back on this unintentionally. Some people did intentionally, but this in your case, unintentionally. So... I like this. So tell me about how this pop up goes with a hundred people. It was. I think it was like because I made. I I prepped for like a hundred pizzas. I think more than a hundred people showed up. I sold out. I was literally like making pizzas for like seven hours straight. Like it was nonstop. People were showing up, and they'll they'll see that there's a wait. And I was doing everything through Instagram messaging, and then it got to the point where I couldn't reply to anybody back. I just say, just I just put a, a post like, hey, just, just walk into the backyard and hang out. People were coming in. They were like, look at me. They're like, I go, is it gonna be a while? I'm like, yeah, unfortunately it is. Oh, don't worry, I'll be back. I'm like, are you sure I can make it for you right now if you need it? Like, like I'm sorry. Like, like no, I'll be back. And then like, the people were bringing like you know cases of beer, and they're just hanging out. You know, my my family was putting, uh, you know, my parents were there too. They were putting out blankets on the grass for people to lay down with the kids and stuff. And it became like a like a party. But it was it was it was so amazing and organic that it was everybody that that so always supported me and that I supported even entrepreneurs in my hometown, like friends that I grew up with, family. And it was and it was just, it was it was kind of what we needed at that time, even though it was probably what we should have done. Um, but it was needed because everybody like was able to connect with each other, you know. It was a sanctuary. Yeah, and that's where the name came from. It was so funny because um, I, I get a, a message from my friend the very next day, and she's like, "So Ryan, you know, your your pizza pop ups are are amazing, and and it's it's everybody's sanctuary from from being stuck at home all day." And I was like, "Damn, I do like that name, sanctuary." Like I was, I was, I, I didn't think of anything else. I'm all. Well, if if my pizza pop up is just a pop up during the pandemic, we'll call it Sanctuary Pizza, and and if it and if it grows into anything else, then fine. If it doesn't, I'm okay with it. Like I'll figure something else out to do in life. Like I made it this far. Well, and I you can, you I let go of the outcome, right? You did it because yeah. the opportunity, not because you, you and you were providing a solution for people, a good one. Like yeah. not only was it pizza, but God, did the world need stuff like that? I mean, uh, pff, there wasn't anything like that going on in Denver. I can tell you that. Like, like six or more people, there was like someone showing up to your house, and so yeah. like, 
or people were telling on people. That was the other weird part that I didn't quite understand. People were calling the cops on other people. But I like this a lot because in a world where we're social animals, where we traveled in tribes, where we always work together in groups, to all of a sudden restrict our ability, I don't even know what the long-term damage of it is. But I just think that you're right. It is a sanctuary, and it it is godly because... Like how much joy and happiness did that give to your community in a time they needed it the most, right? Oh yeah, it, it's it created memories that will never be forgotten. That that I will carry with me to the day I die. Holy crap! And not to mention for all those people there, they're always going to be like, "You remember that time we ate pizza out of a backyard during the middle of COVID?" <laughs> <laughs> There's this guy named Ryan Mondragon slinging pies at us during COVID. And like your reputation and the story for your company is there because you stayed true to a solution. And that's not what most people don't realize that as entrepreneurs, most humans, is you got to stay true to the solutions and the, the reason you do things. Because if you don't, your business no longer exists. And uh, if you do it for the money, your business definitely doesn't exist in the long run. Um, or it becomes a corporate monster that just extracts from the world. And so um, let's talk about what happens here. Like you're on a path here. Like there's like a holy journey almost going on, even in the name. And like you're obviously, are are you spiritual? I think that that's part of it. Are you attaching the spirituality to these moments? Because... I think it's important as an entrepreneur that we have spirituality of some sort. Otherwise, how do you get by from day to day? Yes. And so let's talk about this moment, your spirituality, the word sanctuary, because that's all what I would call an anchoring point in your life. It's important. So what happens now? Um, you know, it was it was these pop-ups started popping up during the pandemic. So people were doing like these like outdoor pop-ups with food vendors and people were just kind of try to do the same thing um like make stuff and sell it and people were supporting these pop-ups so i i kind of got into the pop-up scene but at the but but before i got into that i was also delivering food for doordash because i still needed to make money like the the pizza wasn't making enough it was just you know a couple times out of the month thing until i figure this out because i needed i needed another oven that's what I needed. <laughs> so, <laughs> you're, you're, dude, you're so much like me. It's kind of unbelievable. Like I refuse to spend savings, so I will fucking use DoorDash to leap my way through things, or or date money, or whatever you want to call it. Like, yeah. what is really dating myself? Going out, taking myself out at this point. But it's um, uh, the I call it date money because it's the money I use to take myself out because I'm too cheap to take myself out on savings. And yes. um. And because uh, that's just the stage I am in in life right now, I'm like really like just trying to grow as a human. And um, and the um, the thing is, I'm just so impressed with what's going on in your life right now. It's so weird that like your business partner leaves, it puts you in another pivoting moment in your life, and another door is opening up for you. Like, do you feel the presence, like a spiritual presence? Do you feel like, okay, like, like this is maybe my purpose? Yeah, you know, it, it was, it was, you know, like I, I, I would DoorDash. It was so crazy because I would DoorDash every day, unless I had like a pizza event coming up, 
and I would and I would like literally at the time they didn't have a time limit on how many hours people can drive, and I I I took advantage of that, and I was you know I would work around the clock, like twenty four hours. Like I didn't I didn't care because what else am I going to do? It's a pandemic. The money was good. I can travel. I was doing it in San Francisco. I was going to Oakland. So I'm like, okay, well, let me get an experience out of this. Let me, yeah. let me maximize my money That's per an month. That's an important thing also. You can still do that now. You can literally <laughs> jump from city to city and city and DoorDash in those cities, which is a really cool thing. Like if you have free time and you want money, like you, you have a rental car, like go yeah. fucking DoorDash, you know? Yeah. So and, I, and that's what and that's what I did. And and you know, there's there's months where I made almost ten grand just in deliveries, and everybody's like, "How you do it?" Like I'm like I'm literally I'm up at the crack of dawn grabbing donuts for people. I'm going to you know lunchtime. I'm I'm at the spots where everybody's ordering for lunch. Like I'm just I'm figuring out the the algorithm of how this works, and I got really really good at it. I think I was like like the ninety eight or ninety nine percentile of best drivers in the nation. <laughs> But um, oh, and I but love I, how they rank that. By the way, I do like yeah. that in the in how they push those that one percent top drivers or whatever that in the ninety ninth percentile, which you were, you get the top orders, you get the top deliveries, you get the top tips. So like, if you get yeah. a Ruth Chris Steakhouse like big order like here in Nashville, you can make a fucking hundred fifty bucks on tips in one night for a bachelor party. Oh, yeah. Just off yes. of one order that you spent 20 minutes walking. That's where I'm like, everyone's like, well, what do you do? Accept all the orders, go to the fucking places, build a reputation, and then the, you naturally move to the top where you get all the best orders. But you have to put yes. in the work. But exactly. anyway, go exactly. ahead. Exactly. So, you know, but I knew that, that this was going to be a temporary, temporary, like, moment in my life where I'm, I'm not going to DoorDash forever because <clears throat> that's not what I wanted to do. And... I knew I needed to buy another pizza oven. And then he came out with these new ovens called the Coda 16 at the time. I bought one, and then I ended up buying another one. Uh, so now I have three ovens. <clears throat> and and I, now I'm, like, I'm starting to do, like, big pop-ups. But I was still, like, teetering of, like, is, like do I just start a pizza catering company? Is this is this going to be a thing for me? Like, I, wasn't, I wasn't 100% sure, but... Um, I did go on a little vacation during the pandemic. I went to Mexico, um, and you know, I was with my friend, and like, you know, we're sitting there talking. He, you know, he's he's an entrepreneur. He runs and owns car car dealerships as well, which is also what I did some stuff with him too during the pandemic. I was helping him repo cars, but that's a different story. <laughs> um, but oh when you're like, <laughs> God, dude, I've been there too. Weirdly, yeah. trying to fill gaps as an entrepreneur, yeah. even though a 24 year company, I've had gaps in my income, or I need to put money in the business, and I've done things like that, or done taking landscape jobs, or yeah. whatever. And yeah. people are like, oh, you have a nice house. Yeah, I had to keep it over my head, you know, yeah. and keep the business running. So, but I like this a lot. Keep going here. Yeah, I've repoed cars before. Yeah, it's 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 pretty fun, but so you know we went to Mexico and you know in and you know he 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 says my friend Ricardo says something he's like you know you you know you you've already gone this far with it you go you your your people are showing up for you like you might as well just just go for it and he's like what are you waiting for like just do it. And I was like, I love it. It's like Rocky Balboa too, where she's like, win, and 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 Mickey's like, what are you waiting for? Yeah, what are you waiting for? Just just do it. Like, 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 who cares? You're not gonna fail. That's what he told me. I was like, all right, 
I'm, I, I came back and I was like, all right, we're going to do pizza. But I also, during the same time around that, I was also uh, working on, I, I took my state license to become a, a, a life insurance agent and do IULs, annuities and all that stuff. And, I, you know, like, I was just doing, I was doing whatever I could. Like I was throwing shit at the wall. You're totally like me. Like even right now, like I'm studying my, to do a real estate license in Tennessee, just because I'm like, Oh, maybe I should pick up another skill here along the way. And I'm just like, you're totally like me. You're like, you just like, Oh, I'm kind of bored. I have some time. Like uh, I could go do this, but I'd rather go gain a skill. Like, what am I going to do over here? I waste my time. Yeah. Let me go do something that everyone would be like, that's a waste of time. No, I'm gaining yeah. a skill. I don't know how I'm going to use it yet, but I'm gaining it. Yeah, I, I have it for something. I have it in my back pocket. So you know, and I ended up taking the state test, and I didn't even, I didn't even, I didn't even like study for it. I just went in there and I passed it. <clears throat> Barely passed, I but I passed. I fucking love it. <laughs> I know exactly the type of human you are. I know it's a test. It's not going to really determine my outcome in life. I'm an entrepreneur. I determine my own outcome. How do I yeah. just get by with this thing so I can move on and do what I need to do? The real yeah. impact. Oh my god. Yes. Okay, keep going, man. And uh, I barely passed. Like I barely passed. Like, like you, I think you needed to get like uh, 70 seventy percent. I got like a seventy one or something. Everyone's like, "How do you do that?" I'm like, "I don't know. Multiple choice. Like it's it's just these guess." Yeah. But, the, um, the, but I learned the process I learned a of elimination is a great process. Yes, it is. So you know, and 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 I I sat there when I came back. I was like, you know what? Like as much as like this is like a cool industry and there's a lot of money to be made in. Like I I I love pizza. Um, I love catering for people. I just like I love to travel. Like and so catering allows me to travel, in that sense for work. Uh, so I just went all, all in on pizza, and you know, and I started uh like going like down that rabbit hole. Like okay, let's like like what makes something great? Like let's look at the quality of the product. Like what makes a pizza healthier for someone versus like what we're used to eating? Like what kind of flour is are we going to use? Let's fermentation process. Let's go down that route. You know and and just like just, just just like literally just learning as I go and getting better, <clears throat> and also like positioning myself around people who are who are doing the things that I would love to do with pizza, and um, and also manifesting it like you know that this is what's going to look like. These are the people that are going to be in my circle. These are the people I want to help. These are the people that are going to help me along the way, <clears throat> and and literally all that is literally happening like has happened and it's still constantly happening and um you know and i, I just keep on getting better i keep on getting better i'm like okay like it, it's just the 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 thing about pizza like you can always get better you always keep on learning it's you're dealing with the living product because dough is, is living it you deal with yeast and fermentation so it, it's it's got moods we it's it, it can it can change on you by the next hour you know it's it's such a it's such a volatile, volatile fucking product, but also like it's a pizza. It's pizza. Everybody loves pizza, you know. And it and it, and going with like, but what I what it stands for, my core values, like it's it brings people together. At the end of the day, um, and if it's going to be at a wedding, it's going to be at your private corporate event. If it's going to be even at a divorce party, I've done a few. Um, you know, sharing that piece of pizza and. Having a good quality pizza 
It's gonna be like a memorable moment in your life, and you'll never forget that. It's it's and it's so funny that you see. You know, I'm talking about that. Like I'm literally opening up a uh, <clears throat> a card that one of my clients who I did the wedding for sent me. You know, I wasn't. I just got back from New York a couple of days ago, and I just saw this on my desk. And they sent a picture of me with and them with their pizza, and they're just thanking me for being a part of the special day. Like, like pe- people don't have to do that, you know. Like, but they do. And it's like stuff like that makes it worth it for me. Like, that's what I do it for. Yeah, I. Um, it's amazing. I want to touch on a few things. Um, so we're just going to circle back, and then I'm going to try to get to where we just ended up. The first part is is one of the reasons. I enjoyed building food service partners and all of those companies that I built and eventually getting into building and designing restaurants in the United States and around the world and the equipment business uh, supplies and, and the size of the businesses we had was because I enjoyed travel. And it's not like an interesting thing happens when you build businesses like I built, which was we it required everyone to travel. So one of the benefits was you bank like serious, the individuals bank serious amount of like hotel miles, um, flight mileage, uh, credit card points, especially when like what we did in our company is we all shared how to really game the system, which is how do you use like a Marriott credit card to pay at Marriott or a United card. So you're doubling your points at whatever airline or hotel chain you're doing. Or if you use a Capital One card, you're getting travel miles and, and et cetera. Like, what does that look like? So like, I love traveling so much and I was able to see the world off of basically using points. Like I had to use cash in between, like for like food, but the hotels, the airlines, the taking my family places, most of the time it was covered by points. So I, when you said that, one of the things that I always am conscious of when I'm building a business is what's my visionary thread for my life? What do I want? Like, and you can see it in my Instagram, like I've Justin travels the world, I've Justin the food entrepreneurs. I have my personal brand and leadership and, and legacy. And like, it's all the same thing to me. Okay. Like, I believe in exposure to the world. And so that requires travel. And I believe that that makes us better leaders and entrepreneurs. So, in order to do that, I have to tie my businesses and my entrepreneurship and my focus and my time to all of those things that I want. So, the podcast, like, we like syndicate all over the world. We, um, we gra- I try to grab podcast um, interviews or individuals for the podcast from all over the world. We've had uh, Palestine, we've had um, Australia, we've had Sweden, we've had the UK. Um, I can't think of where else right now. Canada we have coming. And so I think we have one lined up with Japan possibly. And so like we're starting to branch out because this story matters, um, number one. But number two, it's part of wanting to travel and get more exposure to the world. So, you know, vicariously, even through the podcast, we're traveling to where you these individuals are. Or I'm traveling to California with Ryan right now over a podcast and understanding a situation. And ultimately, as this grows, my goal and hope is that, you know, we're able to do more on a global scale that requires more travel, that there's more people in a group that are out there trying to help entrepreneurs around the world or interviewing them or or videos or TV shows or whatever this end up being, I don't know, but I'm not attached to what it could be. I'm just attached that I know I need to grow this the best way possible. And I have a visionary thread that 
I want to encompass the whole world and expose the whole world and give everyone experience of what the whole world has through the podcast. And you're not going to get it just from the podcast. You really have to go to these places, get exposure and experience. It's key. But that's what part of it is. And you said you like travel and it fits into your job and why you built this business. I agree with you. That's why I did the same thing and I still do it today. There is a, a complete and purposeful intent and thought in my chess game of strategy in life always about that I want to see the world and I know that I need to expose myself to it, whoever I'm with to it, if I have kids in the future, them to it, like all of those type of things. So I really appreciate that. Number two is is you continue to work hard to buy things or make things or do whatever and the DoorDash story is an interesting one. Like I jokingly around because I do do this as well. Um, particularly right now, I have a lot of time on my hands, and I don't just want to waste it away, and I don't want to dip into my savings um, to live the lifestyle that I'm used to. Let's just put it that way, okay? Like, yeah. like let's be honest. I like Air Jordans. I like seven jeans. I like nice sunglasses. I like crisp T-shirts. I like polo. Um, um, collared, you know, golf style shirts, whatever you would call them. I like nice button down shirts. Like, so I'm just that person. So like I work, like I figure it out uh, between podcasting and other incomes and side hustles and rebuilding companies. Like I agree with you. So I think one of the things I like about this is too many people look at DoorDash as a bridge or whatever, but it's actually an opportunity. And it's not just a bridge, it's it's an opportunity to build a brand, your name, your reputation, and how you do it and how you market yourself is up to you. But yes. like, let me tell you right now, like you can be hidden behind DoorDash if you want, or you can't be, it depends how you message and you deal with your clients and the service that you offer your customers and the merchants and how you interact with them. But every interaction is a moment to build a reputation, a character, and something that can become useful to you as an entrepreneur because that's how entrepreneurship is built off a of reputation. We just talked about it. How many years of reputation did Ryan have to build? How many years of experience in restaurants before he's just like pop up in the pub? Like, oh, of course that would work. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, obviously. Yeah, you don't miss the part where he had to know how to make pizza. You don't know the part where he had to learn how to deal with fucking chaos when all of a sudden a hundred people went onto his lawn because he had been in that situation in a restaurant. We're not we're missing the part where he knew how to get ingredients. He knew how to not waste resources. He knew how to handle the ovens. He knew how to literally customer service people. And so and I'm talking to him like he's a third person, but he is right here. <laughs> but I'm <laughs> doing it for the audience. And um but it's that's thing I want to anchor and I want to anchor opportunity here. Um, anyone, male, female, entrepreneur, not entrepreneur, like there's a lot of resources that I didn't have when I became an entrepreneur. Like the internet was just coming and while I wish I would have put more resources into it and social media, these tools like really accelerate your business. And 
they really accelerate your life, but you need to gain foundation of work ethic and experience and customer service experience, even if your business is really great and hundreds of millions of dollars, you need to humble yourself in ways. And sometimes that means stepping outside your business. And I literally tell this to people. I'm like, if you need to be humbled, you need to go DoorDash. Like get off your butt. Like, I don't know what's going on right now, but you need some humility, dude, because you're not all that. Go DoorDash. Make some money. Figure out how hard it is to make a dollar. And and then see if you build up. Just try it. Do 100 deliveries. See how what happens if you actually work hard and have consistency and what happens after 100 and the orders, how they start changing and how you get a pizza bag. There's rewards there if you do the right thing. The system's built for you to do the right thing. Yeah. And it builds in the right morals and ethics if you follow that. And it will change and malleable you. But if you have a humility problem or you're whatever, or you're having a marriage problem even, you should probably go DoorDash. Like I will tell you, it will <laughs> still something in you. Like like it will fix your marriage maybe. I don't know. but it, yeah. it or, or maybe even split it apart. But at least you'll be going in a direction where you have clarity. I don't know. But I yeah. will tell you that DoorDash, like you said, it centers you in some way because there's a lot of humility there. There's a lot of having to work in customer work. There's a lot of stuff that's completely out of your control, like the time waiting, the the response, whether the food's good, whether you you know they forgot to put an item in the delivery, which you have to check. Like there's a lot of accountability, and like not to mention, you've got to be smart so you're not spending more gas than you are in making in money and deliveries, right? So I don't know. I think it's a valuable resource and it balances out your mind, how resources work. Your car is your asset that you use against the business. And if you really start breaking it down into a business model, you can learn business. That's the other part. And DoorDash has amazing resources. All of them do. I just choose that one. Um, uh, And you can also work at dash marts now i hear and so like they have dash marts and markets and stuff like that that are popping up all over the country and doing well and they're creating jobs so you know either way i don't know why i'm talking about that but we talked about it it is a thing i do believe in it um i do believe as an entrepreneur you should always be sharpening your pencil um so there should always be humility and chasing new things like there's another guy on the podcast who constantly is just going around the world, putting him in like shit situations in farming, but he's learning new farming techniques that are true to the world and, and better than industrialization and can produce just as much product or food um, or animals or whatever by doing it that way. But he just puts himself, oh, go live in the middle of like Amazon and really bad stuff. And but he'll do it. And yeah. uh, that's really cool. And he doesn't have to. He, but yeah. it, it's what you got to do. To, it's that's what it takes sometimes, though. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just, there's no there's no like quick quick business model formula. Like the formula is, you know, time, energy, sacrifice. Um, you know, some some blood, sweat, and tears. You know, it might get dark for a little bit. You know, but just know that's going to get better. Yeah, and it's like I always remember, and for you, it's like what your parents went through to come here and give you the life that you had and the opportunity, and it's like my grandparents and great-grandparents, the opportunities that they gave, so I have a life here, and my parents, and like I always anchor to that. Like I've always been very conscious since I've been a kid of my heritage and the American dream, 
And it's interesting because I have a lot of group of people that I'm now surrounded with that feel that same way. And I'm like, huh. And that's just part of the energy you're talking about. You're consciously surrounding yourself with people that match your mindset, right? And growing. And so let's talk about that because I wanted to anchor this next part into it. Like you have a very spirituality mindset. Like you have you're very intent in the way that you use your time and you're like, I can work 24 hours, let's go 24 hours. So talk about that. Yes, yeah, yeah, about working, yeah, we're working 24 hours, yeah, so I was, you know, like, that's, you know, I, I think a lot of people, will, when, they, when they see people who are entrepreneurs, they think that, that they have a pretty, like it's their schedule is nice and easy, they can do whatever they want, but in reality, like you, you work around the clock. Like being an entrepreneur is working twenty four seven, no days off, um, and it's not about you. The business is your baby, and that needs to be nurtured first, especially in the building phases. Like I'm, I'm only year, I'm on starting year three of Sanctuary, so um, <clears throat> it requires a lot of me still, and they also like it also makes me realize like what I need to do to take myself out of certain situations where I don't have to do that certain task anymore. Um, so, you know, if I have to work 24 hours, the first two to five years, then, you know, so be it, it's going to suck for a little bit, but I know that it's not going to be forever. And so what's next for sanctuary? You're talking about like, two years in business like how have you grown the business from the pop-ups i mean and and what does that look like and like where the idea for the pop-ups come from and like i said what are next steps well i mean you know it started with the unis right we did it with the uni ovens and eventually um you know i was able to buy a, a little mini suv with a trailer to pull all my equipment with that but i knew that i needed something bigger and better to, to hit that next level of the pizza business. <clears throat> and I'm used to cooking out of a wood fire oven. Well, I didn't have a wood fire oven. I was kind of in the market for like buying one used. And, and then there's a, a, a guy in Long Beach, California who was doing like these cool like pizza pop-ups out of like his van. But he, he had a catering company and he had three wood fire ovens. Well, he put them up for sale or just like one or two for sale and literally it was like not even a minute after he posted it i i saw it and i messaged him i'm like i go how much and he you know he he threw like i think it was like fifteen thousand is what he asked for and it's it's and it was the oven it was the oven that i was looking for you don't ever find these ovens for sale they're like like they work the best you know they're like forty thousand dollars brand new on the trailer um and I'm thinking, okay, well, and I looked at my funds, like I had, I had just $15,000 saved up. <laughs> exactly the way it works. Always. Yeah. It's fucking, <laughs> I'm going to fucking have a heart attack because I cannot even tell you. I was choked when you said it, when you started the story. Cause I'm like, yeah. It's going to be the exact amount he has because that's always the way this works. Like the thing you need, somehow you don't have to pay full price for it, but it's always the exact amount of money you have. So now you've got to take the thing you need, and now you've really got to hustle to make it work. Yes, yes. And and um, 
so I, you know, I, I told him I'm interested in buying it, but I, I can be down there in a couple weeks. I got a couple catering events I got to do, and then I'll I'll head your way. You know, <clears throat> and I, I get to Southern California. Well, one of my good friends, you know, he's like a brother to me. Had a had a Toyota Tundra, so I take over the truck because I need a truck to pull this thing. Uh, I take over the payments. He put it back in my name, and I pick up this wood fire oven. I get there. He has three of them. I get to pick any of the three uh, or the two that he because he's still using one for his his business, <clears throat> and um, I pick you know the one with the best maintained trailer. Um, and if I had the money, I would have bought both of them. Like it would, it would have been a no-brainer. Um, and you know, I'm sitting there talking to the guy. We hung out for a little bit. Like it wasn't like a quick transaction. We're hanging out. I'm helping him make dough and kind of like just kind of just hanging out. with kind of like learning like from him as well. His name's uh, his name's Jason. They own a company called Speed Cheesy in Long Beach. He's got a brick and mortar. Great dude. I was just in Long Beach. I was just in New York with them. I, I took them around New York because I have a lot of pizza friends in New York. So we became really good friends after this. <clears throat> but, you know, this is the first time I'm meeting him. And, you know, and we're, we're talking and he just looks at me. And he goes, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the, the oven for $11,000. <clears> and and I looked at him. I go, you sure? He's all, yeah. I was like, he's all, I, think, I think you need it. You know, you, you deserve it. Like, I, I just met this guy. Like I don't know how he. Fuck, dude. So I, I get it for cheaper than I expected. I well, got and you just were doing goodwill. You were just like, I'm giving you money, but you, I want this to be more than a financial transaction. Yeah. Really, right? Yeah, I wanted. I, I, I to me it was like you know I, I I admired what he built and where he's moving his business now towards to and. And I was like, this guy has a lot of knowledge. Like, like now he he's my good friend now, and I I consider him a mentor. Like, I can call him and he like I can pick his brain, and like like run ideas by them. Or like, what do I need to do? Because I I, I don't know I, I don't know what I'm doing. Sometimes like <laughs> I'm just going. Sometimes I'm just like figuring this out as I go too. And but also it's nice to have people who've done it before me, and um and guide me in ways where like okay I I see it now, I see where I need to go, and um. Yeah, and I, I bought this oven, and literally, I'm 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 broke. Like I only have a couple thousand dollars left. I got bills to pay. I got a new truck payment, and I'm just like, holy shit! And I just told like I just I just said <laughs> I said God, I have faith. Do it. <laughs> and um, I asked my friend who in the car lot, and he's you know Rick. He was like, I go Rick. I'm probably gonna need to borrow like five grand next month just to just to get by you know like i i got i just bought this wood fire it was like the worst time of the year too it was like right before december it was like september october um <clears throat> but it was like there, i haven't established that i was a wood fire catering company yet because it was so new and um so there was not work coming in so i'm like okay i, I gotta have to borrow money for my friends but i'm gonna pay them back that's not that's not an issue so my friends yeah whatever you need like if you need more of the fire ground i got you and then um, my friend who owns a barbecue catering business gave me a call like two weeks after I bought the oven. He's like, "Hey, do you wanna do you wanna do this really cool catering gig by Fresno for this big big almond company?" And I go, "They're gonna have like concerts, it's like a three day event, but I think they might just need you for like one day." I'm like, "Cool," and <clears throat> ended up working out to like they want me to cater for 200 people, 
And then like last minute, they're like, you know what? Like we want to up the number to 600 people. <clears throat> and and I, I sent them a quote. Maybe I underpriced them. I'm not 100% sure. I was still learning how to do these bigger quotes. But it was literally a $15,000 quote, $14,000 quote. And they took the job. And I got and I got hired for that job. So two weeks, three weeks later, not even a month, I, I hit a job that no put kidding. me back on top. That's pretty and, awesome. Yeah, and then it was like it was and I I made pieces for Joan Jet, John Party was there. It was like a huge venue event, and we were making. Pieces I like, like Joan Jet. Day. That's pretty awesome, actually. Like I can't yeah. even imagine. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and it was and it was the first time I I got to use my wood fire. <laughs> yeah, like you're just, like, like here, dude. Like you're pretty cool here. Let me. I just learned how to use this thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I have experience cooking up. I never used that oven. Yeah, yeah, I like, love it. Yeah, we're going to figure this out. And, so you know, what is close. the difference between why a wood fire? Why do you like that one so much better? And I know a lot of people prefer them. Like I've heard in New York City, like from the other entrepreneurs on the show, but we never actually discussed why, but I've discussed why with them personally. But I would like, what's your why? I Just for the audience, why do you prefer that? Or why do you think it's better? Um, you know, for logistic, a lot of logistical reasons, um, it, the, the oven could handle like pumping out a lot of pieces. I think that oven can do like, like if it's, it's rated like at 300, 400 pieces an hour or something like that, but that requires a big team to do that. But, um, but the heat retention is really good on it. Like I could have bought an oven that someone built, you know, in their, in their, in their warehouse or shop. Right. <clears throat> but but a lot of people don't understand the science behind these ovens and like understand like the heat retention uh spacing from the floor to 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 the the ceiling of the oven you know like everything matters for efficiency <clears throat> and the oven i bought is like probably top of the line that you can get in the united states um and i knew that so i was like well like this is the oven i need and <clears throat> and for me to do like parties of 100 200 600 people like i need this oven like without it i can't scale up this business at all so love it yeah and i think that's just so key for people to understand that what happens and being able to use wood and like how fast you're able to get the oven heated and all of those things i think it all matters yeah so cool so let's go from here. You have the trailer you're at the event um, where I cut you off. And so, like, what do you do from here? You have, like, this first big event. Like, how do you staff it? How do you find the people? Did you do it all yourself? Like, you're a little bit at a point where, like, you've never run this before. Yeah, I've never run anything by myself this big. So, uh, yeah, I just started reaching out to everybody, like, my friend, like, my friends who have businesses, like, my friend Ricardo, my best friend. He's my best friend. And, he 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 helped me out he showed up that day with me um his daughter came that day i had two other friends w- one of my pl- employees his name is eli he's actually he's still with me to this day and and he's uh it's amazing to see where he's started at and to where he's at now as as uh as one of my um you know right hand guys making pizza like you know it's it's mind-blowing his to see his growth and his uh, personal growth as well working with me and um he was there <clears throat> and it's so funny because he he uh he, he tends to be like a little 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 clumsy like he likes to drop stuff <laughs> uh 
and um, you know we're, we're 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 prepping all the pizzas, ready, getting ready to be ready for service. You know, we're we're like thirty minutes out before we have to start and get pizzas on the table, <clears throat> and um, we got like these racks with all the pizzas like prepped and ready to get cooked. Well, you know, and then. I was talking to my friend Rick and we were saying, you know, we got to move these racks and put them in the refrigerator truck so they don't, they don't dry out or get um, <clears throat> dry out or like, you know, get all like crackly. Like there's, we need to keep them cool because we don't want no one else to grab them. So, all right. And he says, I'm going to grab them and put them in there. And as soon as we turn around, we see Eli, he grabs it and he turns it to the side and all the pizzas just fall out and hit the floor. And I'm just sitting there like, Oh man, like this is like the worst timing <laughs> for this to happen, you know. And you know, and and I, I don't ever get mad because I understand like it's like that's in the restaurant industry that shit like that happens all the time. Yes, <laughs> way too much. But there's so many moving pieces that you yeah. like, and that's why people are like, oh, why do you charge so much? I could buy this steak for two ninety nine. Yeah, you don't know the amount of steaks that got slung on the floor by accident. That just accident. happens by the by the sheer trying to keep you happy and wanting to get your food on time and everyone else at your table's food to you at the same time. But go ahead. I love this. Yeah. And so, you know, and, you know, Eli was, uh, he, I could tell he looked defeated and it's like, I, I couldn't get mad at him because I, I, I saw myself in him like, oh, I've done that before. I've been there. So I just, I swear, Hey man, keep your head up. Let's, let's go. Like I, I made extra dough for this reason. <clears throat> I go, I go, I need you right now. I need you to, to, to help me keep up and catch up. Like, don't worry about it. It is what it is, man. Like, like we're good. We're good. So, you know, I got to coach him in there and kind of keep him. I go, if you need to go walk around and, and breathe for a little bit and take some time, oh, do, it in ten, do it in 10 minutes and come back. I go, I need you. You're important right now. And, you know, he came back and we ended up, you know, making enough to get us through the service. And, and then we had a late night service for the after party for all like the, the the um, the talent and the VIP people. So and we finished off the night, and it was just and it was so great. Like I was so grateful for that, and just like stepping into faith, you know. It's awesome, and even like the memory is there now. Like you had pizza on the floor. Like it made the bond stronger. You guys got through it. It probably made gave a life lesson to your friend, like a forever one of like spilt milk, you know, lesson, you know, don't cry yeah. over spilt milk. Like, let's just move forward type thing. Um, just based on maybe he's already that way naturally. And, but it's a lesson for the audience nonetheless. And the, um, the pivoting point in life, and this is, uh, I just, I want to emphasize this. There's a couple things you've done with intent. One is skill. Okay, you've gone out and you've seeked diversity and skill. You've also known um, what you're good at and what you're not good at. It's, education was one of them in a formal setting. You knew you were much better at it in the reality setting, I would call it. One's a formal setting where it's structured and safe. The other one's a reality setting where it's definitely not safe. Okay, and it's definitely not structured. And even though people think it is. And you can take a yeah. comfy corporate job and make money, but it's still not safe and it's still not. And ultimately you think you're comfortable, but actually you're way more uncomfortable than I am as an entrepreneur. I have freedom, period. No, I know I can make money. I know I can start a business. I know I can build things no matter what. And I know no matter what, I can grow humans. 
which yeah. is the most valuable skill you and everyone has. Like you want to be valuable and have a skill, grow humans. And so the thing that you're doing through all this is you're building spirit throughout your life. You're building momentum. Uh, you're also building a work ethic by the DoorDash experience and having to work so many ethics. It, I mean, hours. It's almost reinstilling 12 hours. Like you don't want to work as hard as your parents. But at some point, you know, they, that had to kick in and you are working as hard as your parents because that is DoorDash. Just so everyone's aware, it's very hard work. I don't like it's not sustainable in the long run to anyone that tear and wear, wear and tear it does on your body. And um, and so that being said, or, you know, that's why you need to diversify skills and you need to do jobs so you can live a long time also. And as entrepreneurs, we need to also understand that growing humans mean they outgrow our businesses and we need to just be good at growing the humans while they're with us. And so, Ryan, I, I've got to pick yeah. up this and so thing. I got to look, look at that. The... Um, <laughs> where do you go after this event? Like you've like, it's a home run. It was, it was hard or maybe it was more like a inside the park home run. And it, it, it was definitely inside the park, but it was also one of the hardest events I had to do. Yeah. I, I prepped, I had to prep everything by myself. I didn't have, I didn't have a dough mixer. So I had mixed oh. over three, over 300 pizza, like dough ball batch by hand and balled it up all by myself. Like I prepped everything, the cheeses, the sauces, like everything. I organized the truck. We got the catering van too as well. Like I did everything. I just had my guys show up and help me execute. So you know your business very well now just by that yeah. experience. It gave you, and you were prepared for it, right? Like we don't yeah. get things in our life that we're not prepared for. It's just whether we no. choose to to fight the battle i guess for lack of a better term what what happened what are you up to like after that event how did you start looking at your business like it's a win like what what do you do from here like how, how are you looking at this like what do you do like how do you grow this how do you market it like are do you stick with the sanctuary name like how did you think about all of this um <clears throat> I, I started looking at it as okay. Like, I, I, I after that event, I realized okay, I'm gonna be a thing here in the Central Valley, and how do I want to be seen as a pizza maker and a catering company in the Central Valley, and what does that look like for me in the future? And I, you know, I, I go, I have to go like to where like what matters to me the most in my personal life. Like, like I want personal growth. Um, I want to always be in a student of the craft, you know, and also be a teacher and a mentor as well to people who are who are moving up and use and use my place or, or my platform as a launching pad for other people to become a greater version of themselves or grab certain skills and take that on to the next part of their life as well. Um, so that's, I, I went back to that. And um, so I was like, okay, well, I want to be the best, best pizza maker in my area, Turlock or the central Valley. Like I want to like do stuff that's not, has been done in this area 
yeah, we have LA, San Francisco, and they're doing amazing stuff over there, but no one's doing it here or trying to do it here. Or, you know, <clears throat> I remember someone told me like, hey, you can't make a Detroit style pizza in a wood fire oven. I'm all bullshit. I'm gonna figure that out. <laughs> exactly. And I did. What do you mean? I'm what's what's no? What what <laughs> what? There wasn't even pizza two thousand years ago, man. What are you talking about? Yeah. Someone had to invent that shit. Of course, we can make it that way. Yeah, yeah. He's got to figure it out, man. There's this. this it's all about the prep and how you do it. So I was like, okay, this is, like this is this is. I look at my as my business as yeah, we're a catering company. We provide a service and an experience for people but it's bigger than that <clears throat> like we're also like a media company we're also a um a company that also that helps and and empowers like our local community we do a lot of charity stuff like i do stuff that that we have a local charity who actually supports me since day one um, they're called west side ministries and it's in my neighborhood that i grew up in and they feed, you know, they feed over 200 people every day and, and, you know, I'm, and they've supported me and I go and feed the kids. I feed people. We help raise money for them during the pandemic. Like it's, it's that ecosystem. I want to be part of an ecosystem that's, that's tangible within my community. People know me. I, I want to walk into a coffee shop and everybody's like, Ryan, what's going on? Like, want to shake my hand, give me hugs. Like we love, you know, that's, that's what I want to be a part of wherever I go. I agree with you, and food is definitely the vehicle for that. Uh, it, there's just so much more there, um, and we have to be part of our communities, even if it's multiple locations. Like I think that that's something. Raising Canes, I think, does a really good job with some of that, getting involved in their community. And um, it, just as an example of a larger company that I believe is doing a good job, I don't know for sure when I say that, but I believe they are. And uh, based on what I know now, that doesn't mean I won't, I couldn't change my mind, but I see what they're doing with sports and athletics and stuff like that in their communities, and it's it's really cool. So I let's talk about why, like, the – I mean, you talk about the giving, the community, and all that. Um, do you feel that you're making an impact um, beyond you and beyond your life? I guess by doing all this, I mean, it's good to impact people, but what is, what are you hoping that that does for the world? I guess is more of my question. So for you, I get it because I like that too. I want people to know that I'm doing good for the world and I care and that I'm not wasting my life and that I'm here to grow everyone around me and positively pollinate the world. But what is it that you're hoping the world gets from it? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does make sense, you know, and um, I, I think about that quite often, and it's, it's, I always think about, like, like creating leaders or people to have skills in leadership, so even if you're not in leadership now, but you, you've worked with me before in the past, and the opportunity comes your way, like, you know, you, hopefully you to have the confidence and the knowledge to be like, you know, I can do this, you know, like, like I, I worked with, with Ryan at Sanctuary, and sometimes it was a shit show, but it was hard. But we got we got it done, and and he taught me so much. You know, like I think that's the impact I want to leave behind. More like a legacy, like oh, wow, like this this person's leaving so much impact and seeds in people that they're gonna take it out into the the real world, and eventually when that seed blooms into something, like that's that's what that's the gift that they get. 
I agree 100%. Um, actually, and it's very similar for me. Like I'm hoping to instill leadership in people. I'm hoping like the entrepreneurial spirit, you know, fight for freedom because food entrepreneurs, we are the largest group of entrepreneurs in the world, by the way. Uh, we have more buying power and more power than anyone realizes. If we formed one party, we would be the largest party in the world politically across all countries, just saying. And if we cared about growth and spirituality and the regeneration of our planet, we actually have the most buying power and influence completely. We influence our clients, our customers every time we meet with them, et cetera, et cetera. So I really mean that there's a lot of power in the food entrepreneur. Okay. There's people are like, why would you choose that? It's such a hard life. Correct. But we are one of the elite in the world, period. Because there is nothing like being in a tangible food business with the way food laws change where one food item changes so greatly compared to your rest that there's ebbs and flows and inverse effects and in economics that people can't even understand. Like when we got rid of half the cows in America that produced milk or we suddenly sold all of our pork industry to Smithfield to the Chinese, the Bank of China and the Chinese businesses. And, or, you know, we cut off or put government regulation into environmental things instead of using regulation to make it more about rotational farming, which actually regenerates the environment. So like these are things as farmers, food entrepreneurs, I'll put you in the same category, beverage, nutrition, that we have a lot of power here to do good in the world have better lives for animals in our food chain as well as the animals in our lives through pet food like these are all things that we have great responsibility and as food entrepreneurs it's not just a journey of being in food and getting tens of thousands of followers and making lots of money and selling your company that's great it lasts now like so if your yes. impact is now go for the money dude like I'm just telling everyone, like turn off the podcast right now and like stop listening to me. Because if that's what you're doing, like you're wasting time and you're just wasting the time now and there's no future you're building because you're not instilling anything that actually makes the individuals want to build something that matters for the future anymore. So that's what I'm talking about. So food entrepreneurs, Everyone who's out there, you've got to look at as you're building stuff for your family. It's okay for your family members to be food entrepreneurs also. I know you want them to be lawyers and doctors. If they want to go do that, let them do that. But you shouldn't push them out of being entrepreneurs because there's rumors going around that family business are bad. Yeah, maybe outside of food. And maybe there are some in food, but generally you, the hard knocks, the battles, the in the trenches and having to go out of them and in them all the time in a family business, you generally are tough as nails, right? And you're generally yeah. going to figure it out, okay? So that's my commentary for this for, for Ryan. And I'm going to ask Ryan to come on for a part two because I want to talk more about leadership and core values with him if that's okay with you ryan i'll set up a part two yeah definitely we can definitely do that and because i think like there's a whole other part of sanctuary and the brand that you're building that we can also expose and tie like these core values and who you are to the name of your business and so the audience can understand that both as entrepreneurs and both as why your business is significant comparatively to everyone else in your mission um, because it is, even though it seems small right now, 
you're doing so many little things in your community and with the people that matter and your team members, what other people would call employees that matter, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's small funny, it's right now. It's, it is, yeah, it is, it's funny that you say that. Cause I like guess, you know, it's, I, sometimes you get lost in like the work or and you don't see what's happening around you. And it's a quick little story is I, I went to a, a, my friend's restaurant that just opened up in Modesto, California. And <clears throat> I just went to go have a beer and a, and a cheeseburger because they were doing cheeseburgers there. And I was just to go support him. And, and I'm, I, I, I walk in, I'm by myself. I didn't expect to see no one there that I knew. Oh, you're and, you're a lone lion. Also, I'm a lone yeah, lion. Also, yeah. I'm always alone going out and meeting I'm, people. I'm like, oh, you're doing sausage and gravy today. I'll go to your food truck. You've been on the podcast. Like, I'm a lone lion. So I like this. You network, and you're not afraid to what I'll call hunt and pursue alone, because yes, most people are scared. Yeah, I did that it's my whole life. I've been doing everything alone. Like, I took, people always ask me, how do you go to a coffee shop by yourself? Why do you go to a restaurant? I'm like, I just it's I. Like I like coffee and I like to eat. Like I don't have to do it with anybody. <laughs> Same movies. Like I don't need I don't need someone to hold my hand. I'm I can go to the movie myself. I can I can go shopping. Like I don't like yeah. it doesn't need to be a group experience. Like I can go network by myself. Like you want to go, cool, but don't need a wing person. Like oh, go out to meet people. Can do it by myself. Also, you know, it's like yeah. one of those things. So I like this about you. But go on and. So I said I'm sitting there. I'm trying to look for a seat, and I in and uh, and I, I see that there's two seats like kind of by the corner where like the table like the bar goes like an L shape. So I'm okay. I, I'll just sit right here, and then and I'm and there's a couple next to me. So I there's like two seats. So I kind of left them a little space, and the, and the, this this girl that I knew and her husband, who who supported me at all my pop ups from the beginning. See me, and they're like, "Oh my gosh!" She was so excited to see me, and because she hasn't seen me for so long, and she's been watching me. She's like, "I watched your stories. I just saw that you were just in New York last week, and you know, like, your 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 pizzas are getting better. It's amazing. Like, like, and she started texting her fr- her friends and her sisters and her family. Like, guess who I'm with? She takes a picture with me. She's like, "I was Sanctuary Pizza," and I'm just sitting there like. I go really like this is like this is happening right now like oh man dude i love this <laughs> and i'm just like I'm, I'm like and i'm like i'm like a very like i'm kind of a shy person sometimes and i'm just like i'm like i got I, 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 I no big deal like it's not like it's, it's just it's just this is what i do it's not it's just pizza she's like, no like it's so cool and it's you know when you live with like a life what i got out of it is when you live with like with the with the intention of like purpose and like life living life with like just with like open arms and just accepting for accepting yourself for who you are <clears throat> like you become like a beacon of light for people no kidding weird that's true and and people notice that and like sometimes like i i forget that that you know people see that and i'm just like wow like that was that was like i, I was like a big like ah oh, like I thank you for that because like I sometimes like you know as entrepreneurs like, it can get it can get really lonely sometimes like I, no one tells you that it's gonna get lonely yeah like it, it's it, it can you know like if you're in a relationship like it puts stresses on the relationship because sometimes there's not enough time being spent it being nurtured on that as part of your life you know and <clears throat> so it's like it's like you forget about 
like the rest of the world and how they view you as a person and how you show up for them in your in your community. And so it was like it was a good reminder for me. I'm like, okay, like I'm 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 where I'm I'm supposed to be here. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Well, and I cannot tell you. Um, there's multiple points in my life where that happens. Where now I know how to go into community and start to make a difference. I also know how to be a shock value. And just so everyone's aware, I'm very good at also creating, like going into a market and trying to build a podcast or whatever, and creating a little bit of like uneasiness there, you know, and making people aware that I'm here just because it helps people get alerted, move things along a little faster. I just learn it. But what I'm also able to do then is really get involved in the community because I have people's attention. And yes. I'm able to make a difference in the food entrepreneur's life who are paying attention and who are able to see through it and actually do their research on who I am and what I've been through or even just look at me online, see the bad, the good, and the ugly, and um, which it's all there. That's part of being a food entrepreneur. Let's be honest. You live a public life. And yeah. and I have a lot of humility too. I agree with you. I don't like it's always humbling when someone recognizes you or or knows your voice from being on the podcast in my case. Um, and so it's rare, but when it, it's very rare, just to be honest. And, but when it does happen, it is like, okay, maybe I am doing the right thing. Or someone's like randomly like reaches out and they're like, oh my God, you made such an impact on me from, you know, blah, blah, blah episode from four years ago. Like, you know, people talk about a pickles and bones episode from like the, one of the originals I ever did like over and over again as one of them. And so just like that impact is huge to me, you know? And when people talk about the episodes now or they pull things out, like even if they're not entrepreneurs or family members that are just like, oh my gosh, I never really thought about it this way. And like I could, I would actually make so much more money if I just stay consistent, disciplined, and determined. And that's what you're giving people. The reason they have hope is you've been consistent, disciplined, determined, even with the pop-ups, even during COVID, even with your product, even with going out in the world, even when shit gets bad, Ryan's still Ryan. He's still getting it done at the end of the day. He's still getting it done because he's instilled in himself that work ethic, you know, which is not the one of your parents, but the one of, I can keep going and I can work smart and I don't have to get distracted by any nonsense. I just need to stay focused. And I talk about this on one of the podcasts. I run a lot right now and I need to back off running and balance out my weightlifting and stuff like that a little bit. But I run from Music Row all the way down Broadway to the end. And then I run back. Well, I jog back. I really run hard there. And then I try to jog my way back, although I'm getting better at running all the way back too. It's just, I don't know why. I feel like Rocky Balboa and a boxer as an entrepreneur, and I'm like on Justin 3.0, and it fits my story and myself where I'm like rebuilding myself and back to the basics. And I've really had to, as an entrepreneur, one of the things that's great is you really learn how to slim down your life like an accordion. Like all of a sudden, I can live off of very little, and I just have my joys, like I said, the shoes, the stuff, the dating myself, the going out, the doing what I want to do, building the businesses the way I want to build them and the pace I want to build them. And, you know, so there's all that. I don't remember my total point. I cut off on a tangent. <laughs> but I'm so focused on hitting the sign at the end of Broadway right before you can see the Titans Stadium. Yeah, And like, I don't ever know what's on the sign. I actually don't even pay attention to what people are wearing or their shoes because 
I've learned over the years that any distraction like that could throw off my breathing. It could throw off my pace. The only thing that should throw off my pace and breathing is a car coming, is a person crossing my traffic. Are they getting in way of my fucking time of hitting that sign and beating my record every day or every other day or whenever I do it, depending on my schedule? And But I do work out every day, some sort um, of exercise, because I do believe that you should have no rest days in life, which is what you said when you said 24-7, DoorDash, no matter what. Yeah. So I like that there's intense with focus, which is where we're going to talk about on the, the second podcast that I'll arrange with you, Ryan. Um, yeah. Will you tell everyone where they can reach you? like where they can find you online. Um, And will you just take like two or three minutes and just tell everyone what inspires you every day to keep going? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you got, everybody can find me at uh, my my Instagram, TikTok, uh, Twitter, uh, sanctuary underscore pizza for all three platforms. Um, You know, I'm really more focused on TikTok and, uh, and, um, and Instagram right now, but you know, but, but we're planning to do some other stuff like with Twitch, YouTube Shorts as well. Um, we're just, you know, it, it takes time. You can't do everything. Uh, but I know I want them all, and I'm like, I'm just <laughs> learning Twitter right now. I'm not Twitter. I'm just learning TikTok right now. I gave up on Twitter, and I fo- yeah. I'm focusing on Instagram mainly and Facebook. I just am like, uh, I have a good personal presence, so whatever. But I'm learning TikTok, and the Reels thing is really hard for me. I don't know why, but like everyone's like, it's so simple. You just stitch them together and I get it. But I'm like, I'm really worried about how like it comes across in the music. And everyone's like, no, no, no. You just got to put them out there. So yeah. we're going to have to talk because maybe you can help me yeah. with some of those TikTok things. Because I'm like, someone's got to help me understand the reels a little bit better. But I'm old, guys. So maybe it's just me. And yeah. uh, 43 seems old some days. Other days, I feel like I'm a young boxer just at 3.0. 20 years old all over again but um when it comes to like the reels and social media i'm still always a little bit behind so yeah um, yeah i'll be 41 this year and you know it's i had i had to learn right away if i knew i I knew it was was very crucial yeah part Um, of the business yep i'm right there with you right now for the podcast i'm just like all right i'm gonna have to make this leap if for my personal branding for my speaking for my other businesses, I'm just going to have to make the crossover as the face. And I'm like, um, you know, and just I'm sure everyone in the audience, there's probably lots of generations like, oh, my gosh, how do we do this in our business? You just have to do it. And you're going to fail just like everything else that you did, your recipes, your clients, your customers. And I'm learning that, too. So I'm right here with you guys on this one. Uh, You know, the podcast thing was just like, okay, let's record. I can talk. I speak. I do whatever. But when it came to social media, it's been a little more difficult for me. And, um, I really understood this though recently, um, especially over the last three or four years, uh, that you really need to own your own social media as a business. And as a person, I don't, as an entrepreneur, like you need to figure it out. You need to have the interaction. You don't need to put a marketing company between you and your customers. Um, yes. Every time I get that response for the podcast, um anymore like i used to follow up with an email to try to get the entrepreneurs on i do not do it anymore um because i've learned that oh man i don't know how to put it this way but all those companies that did it before covid they're not really doing so well or are around because they put distance between their customers and them and anyone who didn't built relationships during covid and it's not 100 percent true 
but it's true enough for me to know that like you we that that's a thing that's a, a red flag where okay like you're not involved enough in your business anymore as entrepreneurs so it's probably not you you're probably not going to totally understand where I'm coming from because I do believe you need to constantly be involved in your business and I do believe that you need to be involved in your social media or at least monitor it or at least be involved in in what's going on in some way um I'll use Utopia bagels I'll use Hampton chocolate uh, company uh, factory sorry the those kids are young they're in their 20s Jesse's 22 I think Austin yeah. and um, Grant are 20 and or maybe 18 19 and 22 respectively and like they've been able to leverage their family businesses by social media and reels in ways that are just totally blow my mind totally blow my mind and so it does matter and the reason those businesses are doing well in utopia bagels is you know gonna keep going and and has like multiple decades under its belt now and survived covid most likely is because of that you know they they stayed open 24 7 and they went to reels and they allowed a 20 year old kid at the time to let loose on social media for lack of a better term and they were owners and they didn't know how to do it so they turned it over to their son who they hope would be a future owner yeah you know? right talk, talk, talk about like it's like talk about um like experiencing culture like that, that that's another aspect of like your entrepreneurship like what type of culture do you want you know what type of you know the the these new this new generation, that's the culture. So like you, you got you to gotta lean into them. I love it. And Ryan, thank you so much for doing the podcast. And we spent so much more time than we allotted just because we talked so much and like we really yeah. connected at the beginning. And so I'm going to, I appreciate your time. I know how valuable it is. And it's the most valuable resource we have, guys, honestly. And and I know I'm going to ask a lot by asking for more, but I just, you have so much valuable information. We didn't even really dive into actual core values and, and yeah. what makes you tick and all of that stuff. So I'd like to do that. Um, anyone in the audience, again, you can find us on Instagram at Justin, the food entrepreneurs. We just talked about TikTok. You can find me at Justin Ryan Bizarro because I switched phone numbers and I lost at Justin Bizarro. I didn't know that could happen. Uh, experience. So now I'm Justin Ryan Bizarro on TikTok and just Justin Bizarro on Instagram and, uh, just the food entrepreneurs. And you can find us and listen to us on Spotify or wherever else you grow yourself through podcasts. And please share the episode. Please share it with your family. Please give comments as I discussed at the beginning of the episode. And we're out.